Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show the directors of the film Synchronic, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. How are you guys today? Doing great. How are you, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. A little tired, but um, I'm, I'm right now in the midst of covering AFI, so it's pretty exciting at the same time, though. Oh, um, is that what Yes, yeah, just watching a lot of movies. <laughs> but uh, I respect you guys so hard because I'm like I'm a movie obsessive, and I still like struggle to watch more than two movies a day. <laughs> like film festivals, people are watching five or six a day. It's wild. I think uh, tonight I'll I'll be in my sixth or seventh film of the night. So <laughs> you're, you know, respect, man. You're, you're <laughs> I appreciate that. So the film is about two or uh, New Orleans uh, pair. Par- uh, par- paramedics that live uh, ripped apart after they encounter a series of horrific, horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with a bizarre otherworldly effects. Justin, what was the inspiration behind the idea? Hmm. Well, Aaron and I um, spend long stretches, um, un- sort of unemployed, but really just working jobs that we don't want to admit we're doing. Um, or things like, the things that aren't uh, exactly the things we want to be making. Sure. And uh, during those times, we, um, as a form of escapism, we, we have long conversations about, about strange fiction and weird ideas for science, for science fiction. And um, one day we just started talking about how, uh, you know, what if there were a substance that put your mind into an altered state in which you would observe time the way that, that, that some physicists view it, that is the way that Albert Einstein viewed it. It's the quote in the movie that, that, uh, that there is no distinction between past, present, or future. And, and what that quote is, is talking about is um, block state universe, or what some call eternalism. And that is that, uh, that we experience time as sequential or linear, but in actuality, time isn't a flowing river, time is a frozen river and that all these moments are always here. And if, if there were a substance that could allow you to navigate among all of those moments happening simultaneously, um, how frightening that would be, but also how visually interesting a science fiction that would be. So as, as you said that, I have another question, but I'll, I'll wait for that one. I'm gonna unpack this one first. So obviously when you, you take the drug, it takes you back in time, future, whatever. It, you have that seven minutes, right? So my question to both of you guys is, if you had that opportunity, where would you go for that seven minutes? Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I guess the whole thing, the, the one of the issues is that we're trying really hard in this movie to talk about not romanticizing the past. So you kind of, you have to wonder is where exactly, what, what is the moment that you wish you could experience for the first time that you can never, you can never get back, you know? And, uh, and you know, it's weird because um, I, I, I think about things like uh, I don't think I would want to say, you know, watch the, uh, the, the televised moon landing or anything like that. World events, because I've already lived with that, so I wouldn't get to experience the wonder and awe of it. But one time events uh, like Woodstock that you could never, you could only experience in person, um, that, that probably was pretty, pretty gnarly, but also extraordinarily um, uh, extraordinary to, to have actually been able to go through. Absolutely. Um, you guys worked with, uh, obviously you guys worked with James Dorn and Anthony Mackie. Um, for me, what, uh, one of the things that kind of stood out to me the most was their great chemistry that they had on the, on the screen together. 
Um, what was it like working with those guys? And did that dynamic kind of come naturally um, with working them on the set? Yeah, I mean, usually with our movies, uh, we get a very long rehearsal time, like 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 a, a month or longer of rehearsal with the lead performers. Um, but these guys are so busy, there was no way we could possibly do that. So they just basically showed up and they clicked together and that's, that's the chemistry, chemistry you see. Yeah, they're um, like that in real life. That's really <laughs> mean. Uh, I mean, they don't, they don't like bicker or anything, you know? <laughs> but yeah. And, and in terms of working with them, some this beautiful thing is that, you know, this is obviously our first time having basically, essentially, like, let's simplify it and call them movie stars in our movie. And, um, you know, you, you always hear scary stories as a as an independent filmmaker, like what that step is like when you do that for your first time. There's always stories like, oh, well, they didn't respect me. They took over the set and they were really mean and they went crazy. <laughs> and, um, and nothing could be further from this thing. These guys were, they're just such kind people. They're just the nicest, nicest people. And I have no idea why they came to work on our very low budget movie. Yeah. And by the way, they're not just kind to us. Uh, we see how, you know, they're, they're they're celebrities and everywhere they go, people recognize them and you see how they treat other people and, uh, and they are just giving and kind and wonderful. And I know it, it sounds really, you know, uh, uh, it sounds obvious to say, you know, oh, they're very nice, but it is extraordinary how, how to work with people like that. Absolutely. I mean, because you, you, like you said, you have that dynamic of, of worrying about who, what, when, where, and how. Because, you know, like you said, you got two guys that are, you know, semi-big, not semi-big, huge stars. You know what I mean? They're in big, they've been in big franchises and stuff like that. So that's really cool to hear that uh, behind the scenes that they were good. So for me, the message, I think it, it has a much deeper meaning when I watched it anyway, personally. Um, obviously, when we're faced with tough situations in life, we often look back at the things we didn't do or how we did was that the, if you peel back all the sci-fi, you peel back all of the layers of just that, was that part of the reason behind the script? Because it, it felt like it was, uh, um, obviously when he's faced with cancer, right? You play back everything in your life. Did you do everything you wanted? Do you want to drop what you're doing? Obviously we have a lot of different dynamic things going on right then at the same time. They're trying to solve this drug problem and stuff like that. But was that a, a vocal point for you guys? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, Usually in a movie, a genre film like this, you have characters who you would describe as someone's your hero or two people as your hero, and you follow a hero through your story. It's harder to call these guys heroes, either one of them, because they're both such flawed people. But that was the aim, to make them human. They would have these flaws, but that ultimately in the end, you would root for them because of their humanity. At their core, they're good people. But part of, a big part of, uh, of especially Steve's journey in the movie is, is uh, as, as opposed to like, usually it's like, hey, is our hero gonna live or die? It's like, well, we're pretty sure that we're in the realm where people die no matter what anyways, but this guy may die a little sooner than he was hoping, right? But it's not about whether he can survive or not. It is about learning that there are fates worse than death and, 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 and that, that the real journey of this character is to is to accept his own accept his own death or accept the things about his life that aren't great um, and still appreciate it for what it is. And that's the journey you hope for that guy. That, that was the story we were trying to tell. Yeah, I love that because for me, I, 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 take, uh, I take film as a, a deeper meaning sometimes, but I love whenever there's a meaning behind the meaning, I guess, as you can say, obviously as filmmakers, you do know what I'm saying. But for me personally, as the viewer, I kind of took that away that 
you know, it was kind of inspirational in a way. It's like, hey, live in the now. Don't, you know, fret the past and stuff like that. So I appreciate that side of the filmmaking and, and leaving questions whenever you leave the film for me personally is something that I really like to enjoy. Um, before we go here, um, I have a question. I love to ask it. It's a crazy random off the wall question. So I hope you're ready for it, guys. Um, what is your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, man. Oh, hang on. I'm googling, okay. I'm googling oh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. Um, <Okay. laughs> oh, she's the Kanye person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's uh, Wrecking Ball. Uh, I'm going to cheat. <laughs> I'm going to cheat, but it's going to be honest. I'm going to cheat, but it's going to be honest. Uh, like I said, I'd like to, I like to leave the... the uh, I'm going to say either Bad Blood or Wildest Dreams. Boom. I love it. Um, thank you guys so much for your time today. I really do appreciate Aaron it. Thank you. Aaron has to do Oh, wait. Are you oh. picking Bad Blood or Wildest Dreams? Oh. No, no. You guys <laughs> So what's your favorite? Because he's going to pick the opposite. I'm sorry. I'm taking Blake Space. You can have that. I'm taking Bad Blood. Space. I like Bad Blood. <laughs> I love it guys. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. I really appreciate the film and, and uh, being able to chat with you guys today. Awesome. Thanks Ricky. Thank you. Thank you.